Welcome to the Child Care Council's Chit Chat Podcast, where we talk about all things early childhood education and child care. I'm Courtney Jones. I'm a parent of two kids and by no means an expert on child care, but I know people that are. I'll be sitting down every week with experts to learn more myself and share my conversations with you. Today's podcast is inadvertently very timely. Our friend Adrian Snizek returns to the show to talk about the CDC developmental milestones and ages and stages of children, and more importantly, how they can help you as a parent and a teacher. What we didn't know at the time of our recording was that the CDC would make revisions to the developmental milestones, which is something that they haven't done in quite a few years. The information in the podcast is definitely more relevant than ever, but in addition to the conversation we're about to have, we would have encouraged people to take a look at both the old and new versions of the milestones. We do mention it a few times in the episode, but especially with these changes, we encourage parents to bring up any concerns you might have during your pediatrician visits to see where extra support may be needed. The show notes today are jam-packed. I will be including the information on both the new and old milestones, the changes that they contain, as well as a ton of other helpful information and resources to better help you understand the screeners and why they're so important. So let's jump right in and talk about the developmental milestones and ages of stages of children with Adrian. Ages and stages of kids is so very important to parents and the community because it really helps shape a child. It gives them a very good foundation and framework for growing up. So As we know, the age of a child is their numerical stage. That is the number they are at from birth for forever. Mm -hmm. So the milestone piece of it is what a child can do by a certain age. So think of things like when they first smiled, when they took their first step, when they were able to stack blocks. So those are milestones in children. And those are things that you want to keep track of so that you know how your child is progressing. And these are things that um, if you're a parent, you're going to recognize that because these are, um, at my at my doctor's office, they give you the clipboard while you're waiting for the doctor and you go through those list of milestones and you are, you, um, you fill it out based on where your child is for that particular visit. So that's actually interesting. And I'm glad you brought that up because I believe every child, every doctor's office does this a little differently. So from my personal experience in my doctor's office, we go to a group practice. Uh, There are five doctors in the group, but we still have our same doctor, but we do not get our milestone sheet until after the visit is over. So our sheet is, here's what your child should be doing right now. But I want to know that before I go to the visit, not after, because I then there's a difference between proactive and reactive. If my child isn't hitting one of those milestones, as a mother, I'm going to lose it. What didn't I do? What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with my kid? And those are natural questions you're going to ask. Right. And I think... Two, to be so in my experience and some of the questions that are on the milestones as your child gets older are, I don't want to say specific, 
but it'll be like, if you draw a line in this way, does your child draw the line in the same way? And you're like, I don't know. I've never drawn a line like that. How am I going to know if he's going to draw it the same way? Because I've never tried this before. So some of them, it's it's almost a great idea to have it beforehand because then you can do like a test run. You could do some beta testing on your kid and be like, let's try drawing a line this way and see what they do. And that way, when you go to the doctor's office, you can be like, guess what? I know the answer to this question. And that's a really great point is being prepared ahead of time. And I'm not talking about just for that appointment. I'm talking about from the minute that child comes into this world, being ready and knowing where they need to go from here. And the last time we talked about kindergarten readiness and I talked about kind of having your five-year plan, this is a perfect example of having a five-year plan for your child because you're going to start not only the age of your child, zero through five, but then you're going to start those milestones. Can your child touch their hands together? We talk about the midline of the body, which is right down the center. Can they cross their hands over each side? These are all milestones that are showing you the brain is developing appropriately. So uh, if you don't know that, or you're not armed with that information, how do you know what to watch for? And it's okay if your child is doing different things at different times. This is where the ages and stages piece is very important to know the difference because just because their chronological age is this, it doesn't mean their developmental age will be the same. So it's very important to know the difference between my child is five, but they're acting or showing signs of three. And that's a very important distinction. Or take it the other way, my child is five, but showing the signs of seven. So this is where you really do need to be on top of your game with ages, stages, and milestones. And it's okay to look ahead. It really is. I think it's important to look ahead in my own experience too, because, um, you know, a a child is going to develop in their own way at their own pace. So you look at your child's development and you're looking at some of these and you're like, man, they're missing on these. But then if you look at it in the bigger picture of they might not be tying their shoes yet, but their language development is at so far beyond what this one is. So maybe that one's offsetting it. It's still something that if you feel that there's a concern, and I believe that there are lines on all of these screeners that say, if this is a concern to bring up on your pediatrician, that is always, you know, the first and foremost thing. If you feel it's of concern, bring it up. But children develop at different rates. So their rate of development for language might be taking precedent and some things are lagging behind, but it all evens out or it's something to be looked at. Absolutely. And the general ages and stages, they help us see patterns of development, but it's not a prediction of what's going to happen. It's just setting you up for here was our test group over all of these years Here's what we've seen consistently. It doesn't mean it's going to happen with your child, but please be watching to either make sure it does or doesn't so you can get the help if you need it. Right. And I think it's important to, to, to make note that it's, it's not like a pass-fail test. 
it's yeah. not it's not anything where answering one question or answering five questions or looking at it being like wow i it's it's more to help you understand what to look for and if there's a way to bring up a conversation around some of the other things that way you're ready to have those conversations at the appropriate time and to see if there's anything additional that can be done or that doesn't need to be done from that point on for your child. And what I do want to say piggybacking off of that is just because your child isn't reaching a milestone doesn't mean they won't or they won't ever. It just means that their brain is not ready yet. And I think that is very important for people to distinguish because not every milestone can be done exactly when it's set on the sheet. And not every milestone, and this is, I think, very important, not every milestone is doctor worthy. Not every milestone has to go to a doctor. It doesn't mean your child's going to be labeled with some deformity or, you know, some deficit. It may just mean extra practice. Yes. So they're not always targeting it as a problem. It just means you may need to spend a little more time so the brain gets used to it. In the instructions on the milestones, and I think this is really important, it tells you to base this on your child's normal day, not on your child's worst day, not on your child's, you know, this base it on a normal day. And that's what you really want to look at. You know, you don't want to think if the question is, does your child get upset and it goes on for 25 minutes? If that's the question and you're like, well, yesterday, uh, they, that they went on for two hours and that was a completely abnormal experience for your child. That's not the answer to that question. You're looking at the normal everyday life, the most basic day. What does your child normally do? Not what have they done once? Not what have they done a handful of times? Because obviously we all have good days and we all have bad days. So this is more looking at the normal behavior to see what's the normal run of the mill day for your child. And I think a good doctor if you brought up a temper tantrum, would say to you, well, is it happening frequently? Frequently is several times a day. Is it happening several times a day and every day? So a good doctor is going to re-question you and make you rethink. And that's what they should be doing. Because a parent may not know even though they've got the ages and stages and milestone paper and research, they still may not know what is normal. Every single one of those questions says, if you have a concern about this, please check this box and we'll talk to you about it. And I think that it's, it's always a good idea to have a conversation if your gut is telling you to have the conversation. I agree. Don't hold it in because down the road, it could have been something. And it either could have been something that could have been avoided, something that may have been fixed or remedied with a little bit of assistance or something bigger that you need to look at. So just keep a close eye on those things. Well, and that's a great segue to transition over to talking about what what you see on a daily basis too in the school setting. So how do these ages and stages and these milestones apply to the children and what you see in the schools? 
Okay, so we talked about kindergarten readiness the last time, and I am going to piggyback off of that because I want to give you a little bit of a look into the school setting when your child comes in. So there are four different stages of development that I want people to be aware of. A lot of people don't even know that, but your physical development is first. That's when we look at your fine motor and your gross motor skills. I talked about your fine motor being what you can do with little pieces and parts with your fingers and your gross motor being your entire body. Then we look at your cognitive and your intellectual development. How can you communicate? What's your language look like? What does your social and emotional development look like? Do you have coping skills? Do you have morals and values? And if you can believe it, that is actually part of the cognitive development. So social development is another one. I just touched on that. And emotional development is another. So physical, cognitive, social, and emotional are the four. So here's what I can tell you from the school perspective. And I've been doing this a long time and it doesn't mean I'm right, but here's what I see and what I've watched. So the schools want higher academic standards and more rigorous testing. They wanna prepare everybody for the global world and they wanna get them ready for the bigger and better and what's to come. Here's what we know, every child is a full living individual with his or her own needs, interests, fears, and wants. So it's wonderful that you want higher academic standards and rigorous testing, but you still need to know who this child is on the inside. So although we concern ourselves a ton with the child's future, the child is a person in the present moment right in front of you. And that is my very big passion on snapshots of a child. It's okay to want. It really is such a beautiful thing. But you have to take what you have and develop it. And you can't push too hard when the brain isn't ready. I think that's such a brilliant way to look at it too. And I think it's important to even just remind everybody that if you look at an adult and you say, I'm having a bad day, that's normal. If you look at an adult and you look at how everybody operates in a different way, it's, it's part of being a person. And even though children are, are learning a lot of things, they're still people. So understanding that each child develops in a certain way and that they are each unique, separate with wants and likes, of course the child's likes are going to be different than another child's likes because that's who they are in the same way that my likes are different than your likes and we have similarities, but ultimately we are completely different people even with our similarities. That's, that is 100% right. And people need to remember, and I'm talking about people in school, I'm talking about parents, the world needs to remember that when a child goes to school, the whole child goes to school, not just the cognitive child, not the physical child, not the social or emotional child, but all four of those children wrapped in one human being walk through the door every day. 
So they could have a stellar gym class and there's where the physical child is on the top of their game. And they could come back to the room and cry their eyes out because they're not going to see their mom for dinner that night. And there's where emotional development is now become behind physical development and not for long, but if that becomes a pattern, then that's something you need to watch for and develop the coping strategies for, okay, you're not going to see mommy for dinner, but you did amazing in gym class. It's all going to be okay. And if it's not, here are steps you can take to make yourself feel better. So we have to be very careful. You are constantly on what I like to call the child teeter-totter. I know that's such an old term or the child seesaw. You're constantly trying to balance every piece of this four-piece child all day. Kids have a lot on their plate. I don't know if people really realize that. There are a lot of things they bring in from the outside world that they store inside and that sits on them all day. And if you're seeing temper tantrums and you're seeing intense mood swings, you're seeing a child throwing things, that is a sign that they don't understand. Their body and their heart and their mind are not ready. They're just not ready. So you need to dial it back. You need to rephrase it or you need to stop whatever's happening completely and start again with something different that's on their level. I think one of the things that we talk about in our office a lot is resiliency too. And we know how resilient children are. Research has shown us that as long as children have loving and supportive adults, they can overcome a lot of adversity and a lot of, um, a lot of experiences because they are so resilient. So especially when you are noticing things like that too, one of the main things, the best things that you can do is extra love. Nurture is the best medicine for a child. Nurturing them and making them feel safe is one of the greatest gifts you can ever give a child. And I'm so glad you said that about um, being different and being treated a certain way because really in the school setting, skilled teachers know what's appropriate for their students just by being with them. I can tell you I have a class of 14 kids and every single child is in a different place in their development. Every single one. Now, two may have the same development in one area, but they no four areas are completely equal in any kid. So imagine trying to juggle that all day long. And love and having a safe space is super important. So children need to be treated fairly and equally when they're going through their stages of development. But in order for that to happen, you're going to have to treat them differently because they all need different things at different times at different stages. I think it's a very timely thing that people say uh, that you have to learn your love language. What is my love language? My love language is uh, reading books or my love language is having a hot cup of coffee. And I think that when I think of my own children, 
I know their love languages because I've spent that time with them and I know what things make them happy, what things will cheer them up and make them feel better. And understanding what their particular love language is, is very important to helping them gain these skills so that they're comfortable and able to, to grow. You (laughs) took the words right out of my mouth. You must've been reading my mind. The next point I was actually going to make was watch your child's personality, watch your child blossom as a human being, because your personality traits also play a role in your development. They may be adverse to something and just not want to do it. And it may look like they're not developing at the right rate, but it's because they're stubborn. So you have to be very aware of how they're thinking, feeling, and acting all at the same time. And then watch if it's situational or not. Well, I think this has been a great conversation. And I really, again, I enjoy talking to you so much. We have so much information. I am going to include in the show notes where people can find some of the milestone information that we've been talking about here. And Thank you for taking the time to talk to us all again and to explain some of these big topics. And thank you for being such a great example in our community of passion for children. Oh, you are so kind and you're so welcome. Kids are my life. And I constantly say nothing bad should ever happen to a child. And I believe that in every aspect. They didn't ask to be here. They're innocent in this world. So let's keep it that way and do everything we can to make them amazing. I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.